generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Las Vegas with your neon flashing and your one arm bandits crashing. Almost holds down the drain. Las Vegas turning day into nighttime, turning night into daytime. If you see it once, you'll never be the same again. I'm gonna keep on. Welcome in. You are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Money Mail number 150. I'm not sure. Well done, Luke. 155. How good. That means. If we go 52 times 3, 156, that would be, you would think, three years of money mail. But the first one went out on the 20th of May, so I don't know how that works. I actually spent like 20 minutes during the week trying to figure out, what's the go here? Are there 52 times 52 times 52? Like, what, Why is it not the 20th of May? By the time we get the 50, well, the third year finished. But, hey, who knows? That's beyond me. Uh, my brain... Clearly couldn't work that out. Maybe I've got a week ahead of myself. I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, it has been a very, very busy week in the world of Keep the Change and in the world of taxes, the economy, everything, which is really cool to see because we've been able to talk about a number of things and we're going to do a light look at those before we rip into this week's Muddy Mail. But it is coming up three years since... The first Money Mail episode written went out to people, to their inboxes, and then I started recording this as a podcast, as you will well know, and I've just had a look before I came on today, it's a Saturday morning, and we've got 25,099 listeners for April so far with a couple of days to go. So bang, the biggest the biggest month for Keep the Change, which is really exciting uh, and then 43,148 downloads to date. So I'll give you an update once we get right through April. But so cool to see so many people learning, listening. And someone actually asked me, I was talking to the Between Two Beers boys this morning. We have a we share a group chat together and we kick ideas around. Uh, I really like those boys. I actually think that they've got the best podcast in the country by a mile. And I, and I really want to see them succeed. So I keep an eye on what they're doing, and we kick some uh, different conversations around, which is which is cool. I was lucky enough to go onto their podcast and have formed a yeah good mateship with them since. But they were uh, saying to me, "Geez, man, you know you're uh, you're kicking around on the charts at the moment, and are you seeing an uptake in the audience? Well, you know what what would you put it down to?" 
And I said, yeah, I uh, probably had 500 DMs on Instagram this week, and I'm not even joking, it's been unrelenting. So I just quickly apologise if I haven't been able to kind of give you a decent response. There's been just so much, and I'm flat stick um, with my own stuff as well. I am off to Vegas, hence the intro tune on next Sunday. So this will probably be, this won't be the last podcast I record before I go, but it'll be, it may be the last money mail. I might try and get the next one out before I go, but uh, I've only really got three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the office, and then I head straight to the airport and I'm and I'm gone for uh, two whole, well, a whole week effectively. Uh, and then I come back for, so I go to Kentucky Derby, which is a big horse race. I go to that, I come, then I go to Vegas uh, with some mates, and then I come back and I have a week here and catch my breath, and then I go to the Philippines. So we're going to be able to do some cool podcasts coming coming up too. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on what's happening in America, then I'm going to be able to have a look at what's happening in the Philippines as well, and uh, I haven't been to both of those places for, well, I've never been to the Philippines and I haven't been to America for uh, quite some time, so I'm going to be able to share some of those insights as well. And they tell me inflation uh, is rampant. The keep the change community messages have been coming in saying, get your wallet ready, son. And when you're converting your New Zealand dollars at 0.6 into US, you're already getting smacked up and then you've got to tip people and all this. But anyway, we'll go through heaps of those lessons. So that's cool. So very, very flat out at the moment. So thank you for all of the messages. It has been, uh, yeah, it has been full on. Every time I go onto Instagram, it's just, it refreshes and it goes, and just the whole screen is, is full of people sending stuff in. So uh, really cool to see people so engaged. But uh, I said to these lads, um, you know, I've been going pretty hard because I know that I'm away for most of May, but I've done a lot of work to ensure that there's still content for you twice at least throughout the weeks of May, even when I'm not in the country. So there's still going to be plenty to listen and to learn from and, uh, you know, keep you keep you uh, dialed in thinking about your cash. And the boys said, wow, that's pretty awesome. Uh, what do you put the big rise in engagement down to? And I said, well, the Instagram audience has nearly tripled over the last couple of months. And I think that's become the gateway to a lot of this content. And then a number of you are then finding the podcast. Uh, you're getting hooked into a, a couple of the lessons. You're going and then dipping your toe into some of the other things and going, okay, okay. You know, these guys don't seem too bad. Or this Luke fellow, you know, he's got a bit on, but he's all right. We give him a chance. And then next thing you know, bang, you might be uh, 50 episodes deep, which is, is cool to see. But I also think that the other part of it is that, you know, the media are talking about the economy, finances, um, and fucking wealthy people at the moment, every day just about, and it's so front of mind for all of us. So I do think that we might be in this sort of purple patch a little bit, so to speak, where people are really thinking about their money. And I think that it's something we need to be doing every Friday, every week, you know, often, not just uh, when the media tell us we should be thinking about it. And that's obviously what a lot of these lessons are about. And I know a lot of you listening are eager to get ahead and to do more and to get yourself ready for retirement and to get out of the nine to five or have a comfortable life or provide for your children or learn about investing, all those different things. And I am working my ass off behind the scenes to try and find interesting people that you may have never even heard from or know exist. And I've got some cool lessons coming for you. So I've got people that are inspiring. Uh, I've got people who help employers help their employees via financial literacy and how they go about that and I'm interviewing them and having great yarns we've been speaking to the likes of David Veery who is the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff effectively and he tells me I want to be the fence at the before the cliff at the edge of the cliff I thought that's such a cool analogy you know so they are helping people who have got themselves into trouble and they're trying to figure out where do I go to now you know as am, am I done uh, and they are helping people as financial mentors so there's been some really cool episodes but also this week we had the lighthouse 
financial webinar with James Blair, and that cranked. We had a thousand people sign up, but only two hundred and fifteen ers showed up, which I was a little bit disappointed in. To be honest, I sort of thought well, with a thousand people signing up, we will have you know maybe four hundred people come. I was, uh, you know, I got that severely wrong, but it shows that uh, people are obviously wanting a recording. So the recording is now up on YouTube. There is a recording of the audio if you're just going to listen to that but I'd strongly suggest that you go and watch the webinar as well because James has some slides and they really get you thinking there's some Q&A at the end we couldn't even get through all the questions and we both had to go home um, you know I was about to my partner's about to go overseas so I wanted to get home and see her otherwise I've been answering questions for the rest of the night and James has a child as well and just on that you know I get a couple of messages like oh why don't you do it on this night why don't you do it on this time that doesn't suit me it's not all about you okay I know that's a bit of a kick in the face but just remember like James is giving up his time, he is a father with a child at home as well. His uh, partner probably isn't overly stoked that uh, he's staying at work with some loose character from Keep the Change that she's probably never heard of till 8.30 at night to to do a webinar for the masses. So uh, remember that when people go above and beyond for you, it doesn't necessarily just need to be about what works best for you, okay? But obviously I get that things don't always pop up at the right time and that's cool. So I hope that a number of you who signed up, you actually go back through and you look at that webinar, you listen to it, you study it. I've had so many people message me saying that was way beyond my expectation and it really got myself and my partner talking about money. Thank you. That's such a hard thing for us to do, but this webinar has allowed that. So that's really cool. It was cool to tick that off. I wanted to get that done before I go overseas. Uh, And also this week, shout out to Leah. She was the thousandth five-star review on Spotify. So I said to the uh, Between Two Beers boys, I said, well, probably uh, gamifying the the um, the Spotify five-star reviews has really helped as well. And I often put those on Instagram. And I need to say a massive shout-out to all of you guys for actually doing that. This is the most rated, one of the most rated podcasts in the country. Definitely miles ahead of a number of others. And that's been a, a way that you guys have been able to pay it back in some regards and that is really cool to see and I think that has helped with the growth of the podcast too and it's kicking around in these charts and if people are looking at charts they're going well what's going on here um, and yeah there's just these big things happening and I hope that this uh, this journey that you can kind of see with Keep the Change as well even if you're only just new to it you can see that there's years of work gone into this and I was thinking about this in the gym today and I think a lot of us, we get guilty of thinking, oh, someone's an overnight success or that sort of shit. And I'm definitely not saying that that's what you're thinking about, keep the change. But we have that narrative that kicks around a lot. But it's very important to go back and look at what were all the steps that, that got them there. And I think you know, one thing that I like to uh, hope that people take away from a journey like this is, fuck, it takes a lot of work, you know. And that should inspire you to go, well, okay. I just need to accept that if you have a crack at things in your own life, whether it be trying to uh, get further ahead in your career or get a side hustle going or bring in your first extra dollar of income outside of your job or selling all of your stuff that you don't need around the house to, to free up some cash and build up your emergency fund, it will be hard. Like it will take effort, but that's good, you know? Otherwise, all of us would be on the front of the wheat bicks holding a rugby ball, being like, yeah, boom, I wear the black jersey. But that's not how life works. So get inspired by the work that other people put in. And I know a lot of you do because you message about that. But 
see if you can take pieces from people's journeys even if you don't like everything I say or the way I deliver it you know someone today like this week don't point it you know people like seriously you know if, if you're triggered by me pointing at a video then fuck me this content is not for you you're going to be triggered by a thousand other things but obviously I come from a, a good place trying to help people but it's not going to be for everybody and that's completely cool so good luck on your journey out there too with whatever you are working on and just slowly chip away and look at this stuff. You know, some of you will be going, oh wow, there's you know some awesome content here and I'm, I'm loving this. And then you might fall out of love with it and that's completely cool too. But this is three years of never missing a Friday, sending an email out to people and then seeing what comes from it uh, from there as well and reposting stuff on different social media platforms, making hundreds of videos, thousands of Instagram stories, uh, over 300 podcasts as well. So it's a big commitment and it takes a lot of work to do these things. And I hope you know that for a lot of people they can get that lesson of, okay, cool, because I think we live in a world where we want things faster now and so then we give up easier. And I've been guilty of that before with different journeys and avenues I've gone down. I've just wanted it to happen easily. But usually it is beyond, just beyond uh, where we're about to give up. So don't give up people and small, strong habits. And that was often what James was talking about through the Lighthouse Financial Webinar, putting a financial plan together as well. And that is so important for all of us. Of course, this week as well, we saw the wealth report came out. Mikey and I did a pod on that. That was our Friday night. Um, and shout out to him too, because he could have easily just gone home and spent time with his pussy. Uh, the three of them, I think he's got, he loves a cat that man, and uh, and his partner Taylor as well, but he came into the office, we recorded that, and then we both head home to end our week, so there's plenty of content in there, man, that no- that that report was noisy, and I'm kind of a little bit over talking about it, in, uh, but this, this money mail is very timely, because it kind of ties in a little bit with it, so in week number 151, we're looking at the top 10 CEO incomes in the country. Now recently the Herald Business Desk put together a list of the top 10 salaries of CEOs in New Zealand. The top 10 salaries were, and I won't read all of them out, but basically the first one was, uh, well, the yeah first one, shit, I've kind of ordered these in the wrong direction, haven't I? But anyway, so number, t- I should have gone 10, is $3 million. Then it's 3.1, 3.3, 3.37. And that goes all the way up to our most highly paid CEO in New Zealand is paid $6.64 million. Now I left out who they were so that you don't get triggered by the business and stop reading or listening. Now think about that. If you are the highest paid CEO in New Zealand, you're getting 6.64 milli. How good would that be? What would that feel like to get paid 6.74 million? I'm just going to run this through a calc here for you and say, right, let's contribute 3% to KiwiSaver. That would be $199,200 into your KiwiSaver. Uh, and guess what? You'd pay ACC $2,132.58. But guess how much tax you'd pay? $2,569,720. Uh, $2,6 effectively of that to tax. Oh, baby. That is grunty. Now let's divide this. Okay, let's say 2569 divided by 6640 is a average tax rate of 38.68%. So you know that report that came out this week and said, oh, you know, 
median people that aren't, uh, you know, the mega wealthy, those 311 families that they looked into, the the average person in the street like you and I, the average mongrel as I like to call ourselves, we're paying about 20% effective tax rate, they reckon, when the rich are about 9.4. Now, our top CEOs, 38.6. Oh, baby. Even Mikey on the pod that we did, I said to him, mate, do you know that you're paying 34.5%? So, you know, I think it's easy to... Uh, Look at these people and think, fuck, 6.64 million, like they're killing it. And yeah, like that's a sick income. But we'll get into what could be happening with that uh, as we go too. But I didn't want to include who these people were because I saw in the comments people like, oh yeah, well that person works in grocery or that one's a banker or all this stuff. And then bang, instantly your brain just goes into meltdown mode of like, oh, I need a reason to hate them. I should hate them. Like they're just people at the end of the day as well. They probably fucking don't even necessarily entirely love their job. Like they're probably not even going to do it forever. They'd be looking, how do I get out of this role eventually? But I hear and read things like, no job is worth more than $100,000. Tax the rich. The one I saw during the week was eat the rich. Interesting. I mean, a lot of us do eat because of the rich. But anyway, listen to the pod that I do with Mike and you might get some examples of that. Why don't they sacrifice their salary and pay others more? No one deserves that amount of money. Oh, it's greed. Now, there are plenty of positive comments too, which is great to see. And I saw a lot of people being inspired by the fact that there are a number of women in those top 10 CEO incomes as well. And I like that too. That is fucking cool because it means that it's going to inspire other women to remove the belief that they have in their head of like, oh, that would never be possible for me. They see someone already doing that and they're like, oh, well, it is. So now I need to remove that false belief, belief out of my head because... They've shown that it is possible to do that. And that's cool. We need more of that stuff. Now, there were other comments about, well, you know, it just shows you that you could earn an income like that in this country. Maybe I should have studied this. Maybe I should have studied that. But there was plenty of positive stuff as well. Now, before we carry on, remember that for every dollar, because you're wondering, well, how are they paying 38% in tax on average? Well, before, um, well, I'll get it to uh, before 2021, but remember that every dollar earned above $180,000, they're paying tax at 39%. So every dollar that they earn above 180k, if it's going through their personal IRD number as a PAYE salary, they'll be paying 39% in tax. Now this was 33% until 31 March 2021. So that 6% increase in tax rate was costly for a lot of these people, i.e., a $3.5 million salary in the 2021 financial year was about $2.35 million after tax and ACC. Now, when they introduced that 39% tax bracket, which again, oh, it's going to save save us, you know, it's going to be great, you know, the country will get way better. Well, has it? We're two financial years into it now, and we're still complaining and want more from the rich uh, and the wealthy. So, you know, anyway, $3.5 million salary in the 2022 financial year, once they introduced the 39% tax bracket, was $2.15 million after tax and ACC. So that household took a $200,000 haircut, another 200000 in the bin for the government to spend. Now someone on that $6.5 million salary in the 2021 financial year, they would have had 4.36 mil in the hand after tax and ACC. In the 2022 financial year, once they're paying 39% tax on income above $180,000, they would have $3.98 million after tax and ACC, a $360,000 $360, effectively pay cut, net, ouch, not coming into the household. Might be a few cancelled trips for the kids, but I'd imagine people would say, hey, the taxes have gone up, I want to be paid more. But this is the funny thing. We think, oh, introducing new taxes, things would be great. Well, things become more expensive. 
know, we introduced uh, GST up to 15% from 12 and a half. Is the, is the country in a way better place? Niggly. Brightline tax on sales of properties. Yeah, that'll fix it all. Still complaining. 39% tax for people earning over 180k. That'll fix everything. Still complaining. So, you know, just be mindful. Just be mindful. This is where people message me, though, and they say, yeah, but no. No way, Luke. They've got trusts and tax loopholes. They, they don't pay all of that tax. Well, I'm sorry. I wasn't aware that you knew about their structuring re- agreements and arrangements. It's funny, whenever I ask people in the comments or someone messaging me for a specific example of one of these CEOs of how they're doing this, they can't give me the details. So we hear these things like, oh, the rich dodge the tax and they have trust and all this shit. And yeah, sure, like they may have some of that stuff set up, but usually it's hearsay and you don't actually know. And I don't know, like I'm keen to ask one of these top CEOs, hey, you know, what is your employment arrangement with this company? Are you employed through a trust? Are you employed through a company? Are you employed as a contractor or are you employed as an employee? I'd imagine that they are employees, but I'm happy to be wrong. But yeah, I mean, if you're earning that level of income, would you try and minimise your tax too, legally? Of course you would. Of course you buddy would. Just like you'll take working for families, paid parental leave, get the independent earner tax credit that you don't even know that you're getting. Whatever you're entitled to, you'll be like, well, yeah, if it's legal, I'm, I'm taking it. So, you know, can you can you blame them even if it is true? But instead we'll be like, oh, yeah, disgusting, blah, blah, blah. But we do all the same shit at the other end. Well, what am I entitled to? Fuck yeah, let's get it. Let's get as much as we can. Push everything to the limit. That's what humans do. They'll push systems to the absolute boundaries to ensure that they're in their best interests. No matter if you're rich or if you're poor, people are doing that at all ends of the spectrum and we're all guilty of it. I've done it as well, and I just don't think we should then be having a crack at other people when we're throwing fucking boulders from our glass house, and it's probably 98 degrees in our glass house where we're throwing stones from as well. Anyway, a lot of these packages, or salaries, sorry, are packages, so they include things like share rights after X number of years based on what targets they are or are not hitting. Often they have to sell shares to access the cash. Now what that means is that you know, for a, a number of us, you and I, we'll go to work and we'll get an income and then we'll pay tax on that and then we get the after-tax income. For a lot of these people, they'll get incentives. Okay, you're going to get a bonus if you can bring our emissions down by this target or if we can get up to this level employees or if we can increase our profitability to this level um, or we keep staff retention going. Like who knows, every business has got different targets that they're going for and the CEO will be in times often remunerated for hitting those targets. So they may access a bonus or these are big New Zealand companies, right? NZX listed companies, they'll say, if you do, then you're going to get allocated X number of shares. Now that allocation of those shares is effectively a form of income and it makes up their pay package, which is then disclosed in their financial reports, which is where this data often comes from. So a lot of the times you might be like, oh, look, they get paid $3.5 million. It's a lot different to getting you getting paid $3.5 million and paying the tax and getting it in the hand. Often it's, okay, I've earned these shares, which is a form of income, but I can't sell them for five years or I can't access them for three, two, or, oh, okay, well, I've earned this income, i.e. The, the shares, but to get that cash, I need to sell the shares. So all is not sort of what it seems for a lot of these big earners as well. Now remember as well, 
that these people can easily lose their jobs, reputations and income earning abilities. You know, as soon as a big dog makes a bad decision, what do we all do? Sack them. Oh, bullshit. They should resign. I'm calling for their resignation. You know, when you make a mistake in your role, what happens? Well, you can get you can get away with it. And then even if you got binned, you'd, you'd, you, I feel bad like I'm like talking directly to you. But people run straight off to the employment agency or uh, what kind of what it's called, employment agreement uh, relationship office or some shit and be like, what can I, what can I get out of my employer for firing me? Because I suck at my job or I made a mistake or, oh, what, they went about the process the wrong way. What can I get? What, what am I entitled to? Like, it's so bizarre that that's how we're now hardwired. And hey, like sometimes we have been unfairly dismissed and that's fine. Like, I'm not saying that that is a bad thing that we go and do that if we've been unfairly treated. But a lot of people default into as soon as they lose their job, it's like this big entitlement that they they had the right to have that job for as long as they wanted. And I'm going to find the loophole that means that I can get some cash out of you because you didn't follow the exact process and something like that. But then at the same time, as soon as a big dog makes a mistake in the public, we're like, yeah, hang them. Yeah, they shouldn't be doing that job. We're like so extreme, uh, but then don't apply that same level of standard and thinking to ourselves. So just another encouragement to just maybe be careful in your 98 degree glass house when hiffing boulders at some of these CEOs who will make mistakes and get things wrong. They're just human. Now at this point, Jesus, definitely by now you're thinking, fuck, Luke really loves defending these CEOs and what they earn. Well, as always, this email isn't even about that. Let's take a twist. Now, this is actually why I wrote this, because I saw some other incomes and I thought, whoa, those are some sexy incomes. And then I saw people losing their minds about what NZ CEOs got paid. And I thought, those incomes suck compared to these ones. So you thought that those salaries were high for those CEOs. Well, if they got you all wound up, let's take a look at these. You know, how dare those CEOs earn more than you and I? Unbelievable. They only deserve 100K. Yeah, okie dokie. Well, anyway, check these incomes out. 16 million, 18, 20, 27, 28.5 million, 38, 45, and $54 million. Well, guess what these earners do for a living? Well, that is, in fact, the top 10 YouTube income earners in the world. That's the income of the top 10 YouTubers. Oh, by the way... That's US dollars. So you're going to need to multiply that by 1.6. Most of these people are a lot younger than our top NZ CEOs too. So what do you think these top 10 YouTubers would think of our top 10 CEO salaries to run New Zealand companies? They would laugh. (laughs) Is that all? Do you think that they would shut down their YouTube channel and come and run one of our country's biggest companies for a quarter, if that, to be the top dog on 6.64 million, do you think they would shut their YouTube channel to come and earn New Zealand dollars and then to have you and I commenting be like, they don't deserve that, that's ridiculous, they should only be getting paid $100,000. That is not how the world works. Most of these people would just laugh at these salaries and they would think they are tiny. But for us, we look at them and we think they're fucking absolutely out the gate, ridiculous, and that people don't deserve them. Because we're all limited by the thoughts that we have. We live in a small country, so we think small. We almost attack big. As soon as something gets big, we just like lose our shit at it. Oh my god, it's triggered me, it's too big. Far out, I can't handle that. Better like cut them down or something. 
And we forget that the world is a huge, abundant place with massive opportunity. Big salary? Oh, you must not deserve it. You can't earn it. And you sure as hell don't need it, so you should be paying more tax. Yeah, give some of that back. Help pay for some of those family tax credits. Help subsidise some of the other costs. Help subsidise the half of the households in New Zealand who don't contribute to the tax take because they receive more than they pay. You know, so where do we learn this shit? Says who? Like, who sets these rules? Imagine one of these YouTubers coming in here, but like, I might set up my company in New Zealand and then seeing what sort of tax they have to pay and then how they get treated. They'll be like, fuck, I am contributing to this country. Be like, oh, no one deserves that much to create videos online. Who the fuck do they think they are? Tax them more. Eat the rich. So bizarre. But anyway, we picked this shit up from somewhere, right? I don't know what it is, but we do see it a lot. So it's probably just natural that we're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I get paid 80K. So if that person gets paid 6 million, that sucks. So I should hate on them. Or they don't, they surely they don't need that. They've probably got a completely different life to someone earning 80K. Just as one of these YouTubers earning 54 million US a year would have a different lifestyle to one of our CEOs earning 3.5 million Kiwi a year. Remember, desire will take you further than envy. And that is often what these podcasts are about, trying to unwire our thinking of envy and hate for these people and our just desire to, to see them have more money taken off them. We want to build our own desire of what else can I be doing for myself, for my family, for my community? How can I increase my income? How can I forget about all the noise about what they make and stuff and look at them and go, whoa, you know, it's obviously possible. So what else can I achieve in my life? So what the hell does a top New Zealand CEO salary have to do with you and I anyway? How is your mental rent spent on this a good use of your thinking? Will it clear your mortgage faster? Will it get you closer to an amazing retirement? The funny thing, I don't know what the salaries of Spark and the CEO of Spark or Vodafone is, but a lot of people are connected to the internet via one of those two platforms, right? And they're paying money to it each month to be connected to the internet. And then they're on social media blitzing CEOs that make good money, being like, oh, this is ridiculous, like having a whinge. And it's like, imagine if they just logged into your internet and just fucking turned it off like, sorry, saw saw the, the, the I don't know what the term is, but just saw your shit chat on social media. So I just cut you off, sorry. Then imagine how dark they would be. But these are the same people commenting and losing their minds. Like they're the same people paying their money to these things. But they can't seem to put that together. But I also think, you know, have any of us ever asked a New Zealand CEO what their life is like? Of course not. And I'm actually hoping this podcast gets to the stage, which I'm sure it can, where we can get one of these CEOs on. And they can sit across from me and I can ask them all the things that you want to ask. And I can ask them, what does it feel like when people find out what you make because your income's public and they tell you that you don't deserve that or that you should give some of it back to the other staff and increase their wages or whatever it else is. You know, I cannot wait to see what their life is actually like. So instead of whining about how they are overpaid because we don't understand what they actually do and the responsibility that they have, why don't we try to learn about what they do and become a CEO ourselves? <laughs> this is a bit similar to the concept of treating yourself like a business. Maybe you don't have a business, but why don't you start looking at yourself like your household is a business. Now this is the same thing. Step one, step up and become the CEO of your life and your household. 
So where is your strategy and vision? Are you communicating it clearly? Is it available in the public for everyone involved in your life to critique? Are you leading your family? Do you have your financial management down pat? How is your household innovation and adaptability to changes in the market? What is your decision-making framework? Are you balancing short-term decisions with the long-term goals and values? Sheesh, you better have an inclusivity and environmental policy. When can we all review that, please? Oh, baby. All of a sudden, it doesn't sound so simple, does it? No, of course it's not. But all we do is we look at the salary and go, they don't deserve that. people, People don't even take a minute trying to understand what the fuck that CEO even does. Bang, let's just try and pull them down and tell them they don't deserve that cash. They probably deserve more. I actually tried to find a stat of how many, like, what is the average age that a CEO dies because of the stress that they'll be under. You know, I've spoken to business owners that have had to move cities because they are sick of the pressure of seeing people in public when they become so recognisable that they go to the mall with their children, for instance, and they've got to duck into a store to try and avoid someone because they are just trying to spend time with their children, but they know that one of their employees or one of their suppliers or one of their customers is going to be like, hey, I want to tell you about my experience. And this person is literally just trying to lead their children around the mall. And they're going, mom, dad, like, why are we talking to another stranger? I wanted to go to time out, etc. So, you know, we've got no idea what these people go through. So most of us as well, we struggle to maximize our own lives let alone one of New Zealand's largest companies, like they've got to do this. They've got to have strategy and vision, communicate it all clearly, have it critiqued, have it critiqued in the public, um, lead their entire organisation, make sure that the finances are all sorted, make sure that it's actually viable to continue to running, to continue running, to pay everyone, to pay their suppliers, to keep the banks on side. They've got to have a decision-making framework where they can actually take people through how they make decisions. They've got to have short-term goals, they've got to have long-term goals, they've got to have values, they've got to have missions. And they've got to have things like inclusivity policies, environmental policies, working from home policies, all of this shit. And it's all got to be out in the open too. And for you and I, like we don't have to do a lot of that stuff. So we don't have to maximize our own lives, but they've got to do it for an organization so that it doesn't fail. Because imagine what happens when an NZX listed company fails. Oh, I fucking knew that. Oh, how did that happen? Oh, all those people lose their job. That's disgusting. Oh, that CEO's done, you know? So... Just think a little bit wider than what are they getting paid and why do they need to be paid that much? Who cares? You know, who cares what they get paid? They do so because they're good at what they do. Otherwise, you and I would probably have their jobs, right? Focus on what they do and implement some of those things into your own life and household. Study CEOs don't envy them. After all, they earn chicken shit compared to the world's most popular YouTubers. Gee, imagine what you think about their incomes. Once again, and like the most recent weeks, focus on what you can control. You are way more likely to control your own income and life than the highest paid CEOs in New Zealand. Have an amazing weekend. You're one of over 7,400 recipients. Know someone that you could share this with. That would mean a lot to me if you would do that. There are now over 25,000 monthly listeners of the podcast. Did you know a recent study said that 68.5% of the income tax revenue raised from individuals in the 2021 income year was paid by 21.2% of taxpayers, those who earn $70,000 and above. So what that tells us is that from this report that was done, 21 in five people a little bit over, a little bit over one in five people earn over $70,000 and that one in five people pay 68.5% of the income tax. Imagine how much of the tax 
as a percentage is paid by those people who earn over $200,000. It is very, very high. But no, naturally, we want to be like, oh, they don't deserve that. Well, maybe they don't deserve to be taxed that much as well. But who knows? You know, it's not for us to decide. So we want to be thinking about what we can control. The reason I'm doing a lot of this content and getting you thinking about this stuff is because I forewarned you we are in an election year. And what happens in an election year? We become even more divided and we take sides with things and we build narratives and we pick them up from social media, from the media, from our friends, from the barbecues. And we might not even have a big knowledge of something and we might just hear our you know, mates say, oh, I work at this organisation, our fucking CEO's an asshole and they get paid six million bucks. And I'm like, bro, no one deserves to get paid six million bucks. You're like, oh man, tell me about it. And they laid off like 20 people as well, bro. The guy's a fucking asshole. And you're like, oh yeah, fuck CEOs, man. That's bullshit. You're like, yeah, yeah, they get paid way too much. Oh, they definitely get paid way too much. And then bang, you've, ins- like, you've installed a new software into your brain from one data point and then not considered anything else. And we're going to get more and more and more and more and more of this stuff as we get closer to the election. You know, we need to activate people to want to vote. So then we need to talk about things openly out there to get people thinking, yeah, I'm going to take a stand and and I'm going to be empowered by my two ticks this election and stuff. So these things that pop up and that are going to pop up this year, they're going to be highly triggering for people or give a huge level of an ability to be opinionated about it and take a side and have a feeling about it. But all it does is just distract you and I from the shit that we could be doing in our own lives to ensure that we actually continue to make that better. Because as you know, you go and make a couple of ticks at the election and you're like, oh yeah. And then you wait for the result and you're like, bang, I, I, was, I, you know, I got it right. Or how, how did that happen or whatever. Then it's like the, the come down of the election and then you realize that Night and day don't care. They keep showing up. The world keeps spinning. And the world just carries on. And your life doesn't change too much. Yep, some of the changes in policies and stuff may have a flow-on effect to you over time. But it's not like you snap your fingers the next day and you're like, oh, God, inflation's gone. My mortgage is under control. I've got my retirement sorted out. I've got so much spare cash. I've got my emergency fund here. I've got the job that I love, I am so fulfilled, I can give so much love, or I just donated 10 grand to a cause that I really care about, holy shit, someone in my family just got sick, all good, got that one covered, just ended up funding it myself, to be honest, had that cash just tucked away an account I'd forgotten about, no, that is not going to be the reality, the reality is that not much will change. So for things to change, they've got to start with you. And with that said, that is week number 151 of Money Mail. I hope that that has got you thinking, and I hope it wasn't too full on for you as well. I may speak to you before I go to America. If not, I'll see you on the other side. It has been a pleasure to bring you a shit ton of content recently. I know that you're learning a lot, and there's a lot of new people floating around too at the moment. So welcome to all of you. I hope that you can go back through some of these lessons and start to rebuild some of the things that you need to tidy up in your life and you can take inspiration from other people in the Keep the Change community that are kicking ass as well. Be good out there. Talk to you soon.
How I wish that there were more than 24 hours in the day Even if there were 40 more I wouldn't sleep a minute away 